Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Poetry Studio Podcast, a podcast for poetry lovers and students where I, your host, Aaron Bauer, read and discuss a poem, learn about the techniques the author used to write it, and finally offer some writing prompts to motivate your own writing journey. Today, we will be reading and discussing To March by Emily Dickinson, which appeared in her complete poems that was published in 1924. This book was printed after her death, as almost all of Dickinson's poetry was not published during her life. She wrote poetry for herself or for family and friends. Despite not seeking a large audience for her poetry, Dickinson wrote constantly, producing almost 1,800 poems, earning her a place as an essential American poet. Last week, we discussed a poem by Walt Whitman. Scholars often talk about Whitman being the father of American poetry and Dickinson being its mother. However, their poetry is completely different. While Whitman self-published his work and wrote in long, free-verse lines, Dickinson hit her poetry and wrote short lines that often rhymed. Many of her poems had no title. In fact, I'm pretty sure To March is a title added later by an editor. Many of her poems were written in the same form as is common to hymns that are sung in church. It doesn't work with today's poem, but many of her poems can be sung to the tune of Amazing Grace. Also, Dickinson is known for using words that almost rhymed, a technique called slant rhyme. This can give her poems a playful and unexpected tone at times. To help demystify some of the ideas people have about poetry being complicated or hard to understand, I will be discussing one poetic device that an author uses in the poem we are reading for each podcast. Today, we are going to talk about personification, which is treating a non-human subject as if it were human. This is also known as anthropomorphism, but the term personification tends to be used more commonly when discussing this technique in literature, like poems or stories. Personification allows readers to understand inanimate objects or abstract ideas in ways that are usually reserved for relationships between people. In today's poem, Dickinson addresses the month of March as if it were a house guest welcoming it at the door and asking it how it has been since they last met, which was presumably last year. While we read this poem, think about what we can understand deeper about the poem's speaker's relationship to March by what she says to it and how she chooses to treat the month once it is in her home. Now, let's hear the poem. To March. Dear March, Come in. How glad I am. I looked for you before. Put down your hat. You must have walked. How out of breath you are. Dear March, how are you? And the rest? Did you leave nature well? Oh, March, come right upstairs with me. I have so much to tell. I got your letter and the birds. The maples never knew that you were coming. I declare how red their faces grew. But March, forgive me, and all those hills you left me to hew. There was no purple suitable. You took it all for you. 
Who knocks? That April, lock the door. I will not be pursued. He stayed away a year to call when I am occupied, but trifles look so trivial as soon as you have come. That blame is just as dear as praise, and praise as mere as blame. I love how this poem moves. In the first stanza, we are greeting March as she comes in the door. In the second stanza, we are moving upstairs with the speaker and March. And in the final stanza, we presumably get upstairs and are listening to the door knock, just as we got settled. The way the poem unfolds, we are only given the speaker's words. We do not get any response from March. The questions stack up on one another. Dear March, how are you? And the rest? Did you leave nature well? Perhaps March is replying to these questions, but we just aren't given the answers, or maybe the speaker is so overjoyed to have March visit that she doesn't give space for March to reply. We also get more personifications in these lines. Nature and the rest. Now, not only is March a living thing that comes to visit, but all the other months as well, and perhaps nature is a home they inhabit when they are not visiting the poem speaker. But the poem takes an interesting turn when April comes to visit before the speaker is ready. But trifles look so trivial as soon as you have come that blame is just as dear as praise and praise as mere as blame. These last four lines, that, those last two in particular, send me back up the poem to reread it. How did we end up here? The speaker seems so joyous, but these last lines sound a bit dark. A strong ending to a poem can provide a way to reinterpret what we thought was going on. It seems bizarre to equate something as negative as blame with something as positive as praise, but that is how the poem closes, and we are given it not only once, but twice. The frantic tone of the speaker gives the impression that she may be lonely, or at least that she has long waited for this visit from March, but as soon as she begins to connect, April butts in. He stayed away a year to call when I am occupied. On one hand, this is showing how quickly each month can go and how we need to enjoy it. So we need to live as much as we can. But on the other hand, we can't slow time down. So why should we invest our energy and attention just to see it disappear? What I love most about this poem is that it asks us to live in the moment. Do not worry about what is worthy of blame and what is worthy of praise. It is better to enjoy the time you have with the people who are right in front of you. On the Poetry Studio podcast, it isn't enough to enjoy and discuss a poem. We need to be inspired by it to create our own work. Here are some writing exercises inspired by To March that you can work on. First, pick your favorite month and write a poem about how you would welcome it as a house guest. Second, write a poem that reverse personifies, if that's a thing, um, the last person who visited your house as a month you think they are similar to in one way or another. Third, 
write a poem that is March responding to the questions the speaker asks in To March. If you or your child completes one of these writing poems and would like for your writing to be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me the text or a recording of you reading the poem, and I will share it here. You can email the poem or recording of it to thepoetrystudio, all one word, at gmail.com. While I can't guarantee that everyone who sends something in will be featured, I love sharing poetry and will share as much as I can. If you have any comments or questions, uh, feel free to email me at the same email, thepoetrystudio at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Poetry Studio Podcast. If you liked it, please give it a five-star review on iTunes and share it with your friends. If you can, please become a member of the Poetry Studio Podcast by donating uh, to my Patreon. Details can be found online at patreon.com slash poetrystudio. New episodes come out each week on Wednesday with special bonus episodes and materials available to members. Written transcripts of episodes are also available to members. That's all the time we have for today. The music and audio effects included in the podcast were either performed by me or are in the public domain. To March was written by Emily Dickinson and is in the public domain. Happy writing and see you next week.